Hello, my friends. How are you today? You're listening to the St. Mark Bemidji Sunday Edition podcast brought to you by Gutenberg Bibles, printing God's Word since 1455. This podcast features a replay of our Sunday sermon, or on occasion, a sermon from another Well Sister Church. Today's sermon is titled, Your Light Has Dawned, and is based on Isaiah chapter 8, verse 19 through chapter 9, verse 4. When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists, who whisper and mutter, Should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged, and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness a light is dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Now let's join Pastor Zamzow for today's sermon. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior, the one who came to be the light in the darkness. Amen. As I mentioned earlier, The word of Isaiah in the end of chapter 8 and the beginning of chapter 9 serve as the basis of the meditation this morning. And the picture that we find there at the end of chapter 8, the one that Isaiah paints for his readers, is a pretty dark one. There you have the people of God, God's holy nation, His royal priesthood, the people that were belonging to Him, turning away from God and seeking answers in some pretty wretched places. We hear that Israel, the chosen nation, was consulting with necromancers, diviners. Uh, Literally, in in the Hebrew, in the original, it's those who are caused to chirp and mutter. So they're not even really doing this on their own, but those who are caused to chirp and mutter by what? By the dark forces that they're playing around with. The children of Israel who, who had prom, who, uh, the children of the promise had fallen into the sin of trying to consult the dead for the benefit of the living. A pretty twisted picture to be sure. That chirping or whispering and muttering in their rituals to their pagan gods was was there to imitate the chirping of bats. Well, why bats? Well, they believed that there were bats in hell and that these diviners or these necromancers or the, these spiritists were able to conjure the sound, if not the voices of the dead themselves, conjure the sound of these bats and relay messages back to the living 
What business do the Lord's people, His holy nation, His royal priesthood, the people that He chose for Himself, what business do they have playing around with dark demonic forces like this? Answer, absolutely nothing. In the words of Isaiah, as he strongly preaches here, for people who do this, there will be no dawn. There will be no light. You will continue chasing your tail in the confusion and darkness. Rather, he says, they'll be distressed and hungry. They'll be enraged at the evil they see happening on the earth. The evil that they sought evil to address? Doesn't seem to make much sense, does it? When they look at the world, all, all they will see is darkness and failure and distress. And finally, they themselves will be thrown into the darkness that they put their trust in to seek answers from. Before them, there will be no dawn. Might sound a little bit far-fetched, but then again, maybe not. The world that we live in is not so different. Naturally, our own sinful human hearts love the darkness. It's tempting for the promise of answers that it brings. Even Christians want that. We want answers here and now for, for the things that we do in life. We want a greater depth of understanding or what we think is understanding. People get ensnared by this allure because the darkness has a certain panache or a certain style to it. Whether it be on movies or on TV or in art or in music, just this tempting idea that there is this power that you can align yourself with that will give you an edge. It will be to your benefit in the right here, in the right now. It's tempting. And it's becoming fairly commonplace. Now, when I was growing up and um, my pastor would, would preach sermons that centered around these ideas, it was always the big warning that uh, you know don't, don't read your horoscope or be wary of your horoscope uh, in the newspaper. Don't play around with that. Or, or the, the big warning was that um, the Ouija board was outselling Monopoly at, at Walmart. But even now, it's more popularized. You can get online tarot card readings. You can go on Facebook, and um, I'm sure you've all seen that if you're uh, on the Facebook, Facebook thing, where you look at a, 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 it'll, some algorithm will pop up this picture, and depending on what you see first, It'll kick back some sort of like, you know, fortune cookie type thing. This is the person that you should be, or these are the things that you should look out for. Or if this is your sign, then, 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 uh, then be sure to do this. And people might think that it's, it's just silly or a, a little online game because it has the uh, bats of hell darkness scrubbed off of it. But people share and post the results of these little fortune, qu fortune quizzes. And some part of us finds it appealing. Ooh, look at what I found out about myself. Look at what I should be maybe doing. And it might not be covered in the gore of an animal sacrificed to, the, to a pagan god. It might not be covered in pentagram stars or satanic symbols. It might be sanitized and cute. But at the bottom line, it's still divination. It's still looking to something other 
than God. And our, the temptation is to trust in them because we want some answers. We want some assurance. We want some instruction. Or we want some testimony about our lives right here and right now. And the clear warning for both God's people in the Old Testament in Israel and for us right now is essentially this. Stay away from anything that smacks of spiritualism that does not come from the Word and that does not come from the sacraments. Now, just like in the Old Testament, God's people, God's chosen people, Israel, were only supposed to worship in one place. You only worship in the temple or in the days of Moses. You only worship in the tabernacle. That's it. Because what if you never even, what if you never bought a Ouija board? What if you never saw a Ouija board? What if you never got a tarot card reading? What if you never messed around with those quizzes on Facebook? What if you never even maybe listened to the band Black Sabbath? Well, then this sermon is not for me. But there's a dark heart of paganism that beats within each and every one of us. It's that part of us that wants to make a deal with God. It's that part of us that says, God, if I do this, then give me what I want. Or God, look at what I've done. Shouldn't I deserve better than the things that I'm receiving? Or maybe even if I get through this, then I'll repay you in some way. Or don't I have enough, a strong enough faith? Why do bad things happen to me? Or God, I go to church enough. God knows that in, in my heart of hearts, I'm a pretty good person. Again, all those thoughts beat with the dark heart of paganism. They're no different than sacrificing something to Baal. Saying, if I do this, here's my ox. Now give me prosperity. The belief that we can bargain with God or strike a deal with the divine to get results or to get answers or to get conclusions or some testimony. Human beings have absolutely no business dealing with the divine. Because if the divine is indeed the divine, if God truly is God and greater than everything that there is, then what can we, flesh and blood mortals, bring to Him. We cannot bring our money or our time or our talent or our treasures or our faith and say, look at what I have to offer you, God. Now do what I want. This isn't a quid pro quo relationship. And if one believes that it is, for that person, there will be no dawn. It implies that the promises of God and the Word that He has given us on the pages of His Word is not good enough. St. John writes in the first chapter of his Gospel, the light that shined in the dark, the light shined in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And he's absolutely right. By nature, people love the darkness, and oftentimes we run back to it looking for answers, and we see the results of such foolishness. We all can look out at the world or we can look into our own lives and see the confusion and the consternation that is there. What a silly thought it is that the darkness both tempts us and confuses us 
all at the same time. And this is the, at the end of the day, this is the contrast that Isaiah wants to set up for his readers here. First of all, he wants to remind the children of Israel that they have absolutely no reason to fumble around in the dark. The Lord remains faithful in the midst of a faithful, faithless world. They have a God who always fulfilled His promises. That when God acts for His people, it's as good as done. Look at what He has done for them in the past. He led them. He guided them. He fed them. Forty years in the wilderness. Never faulted a day. Brought them into the promised land. Gave them kings and a temple to worship, worship in. When God acts for His people, when God makes a promise, it's as though that promise is as good as done. Even as it's being said. And that's the switch in language that we have going on here. The, notice how Isaiah speaks here. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Past tense, showing complete action. Your light, Israel, your light has dawned. The light of God's promise to you, Israel, has dawned. It's as good as done. That's why you're the chosen nation to begin with. He led you, guide you, and fed you without fail. And He's made this promise to you to send a Savior. That's why you are the chosen nation. He's made this promise to you to send to you Messiah. The One who will break the darkness. To lighten the world. To bring victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil. There's no need for you to walk in darkness. Your light, Israel, has dawned. And for God's people living now, we can say the exact same thing. We know the light has dawned. When we look at the light of Christ's victory, it's a beacon of hope. Even when things look uncertain. It's a beacon of hope even when our lives look bleak or look like certain defeat. Because often when, when our, our life's darkest days threaten to enshroud us, that's when Satan would tempt us, or tempt our sinful natures to look elsewhere for answers or for solutions. And we see that during times of weakness and distress, it's often times that the Lord does His greatest work. And that's not an empty statement. Because we've got these concrete examples from the Bible how God, first of all, never failed His ancient people. He never failed His ancient church. We see that the greatest treasure that ever dawned on humankind came how? We just talked about this over Christmas. The greatest gift that ever dawned on humanity came from a poor woman in an almost impossible situation having to travel, maybe even having her future husband wonder, has she been faithful to me? Is this all just a messed up situation? Darkness and doubt loomed around that entire situation all the entire days of Christmas. And we see that where does our victory come from? Where does the light of forgiveness and peace with God come from? Knowing that there is no guilt that can overtake me? 
There is no guilt that can overtake you. The light of that assurance comes on the darkest day that this world ever knew. When the human race fell so low into darkness that it killed the Son of God. And we see that Easter dawn, the light of victory, shining over an empty tomb. That's the picture that dawn brings. Back in those days um, uh, in, in Israel, the idea that an army or a, or a force could wait it out till dawn, if you could just wait it out till dawn, then victory would be certain. Victory would be assured. As watchmen wait for the morning. This is what we have here. This is what we've got here in front of us. We see that it's Christ who cracks the darkness of this world and shows us we don't need to seek answers anywhere else. We don't need to try to bargain or make deals with God because it's Jesus' perfect life and it's, holy, it's His holy precious blood that is the only thing that's sufficient. It's the only thing that God would ever accept as a bargaining chip to be slid, a slide, slid across the table to pay for the sins of the world. Our victory is sure. Your light has dawned. And the only darkness that exists for us now is the fact that we are hiding in the shadow of Christ. Our life of sin and darkness is hidden in His shadow. It's hidden in, in Christ with God. And the Word of our Lord answers us in the only way that really matters. There is no guilt that can overcome us our sin is gone why should we live why should we love because god loved us first and we live because we have the hope of eternal life that nothing on this earth can dim your light has come and we know where to find it in the midst of a darkened world it's right here in his word and we can never break this world has no shadow that can overcome the immutable promises that God has made to you and I in this Word and in His sacraments. The fact that God tells us plainly, plainly, not through mystic rituals or divination or through mediums or conjurings or bargaining of any kind. God tells us plainly that the deed is done, that the victory is won, purchased by the blood of Christ, fully and freely given, and that one day, when the sun dawns on the horizon for the last time, your tomb will be as empty as Jesus's. So there is no, in life then, there is no hurt, there is no guilt, there is no pain, no tears, no darkness that can ever change the answer and the testimony and the promise that God has given to you. It is the light of dawn. The spiritual light of dawn in this darkened world. It's been a long dark night. Christ is the morning. He is the light on the horizon. We know that He has come. And we know what His promises mean. We can say with confidence that our light has come. Our light is our Savior Jesus. Amen. That's all there is for today. There isn't any more for this podcast. But if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, 
you might consider subscribing to the podcast, and you will get content four times weekly in your favorite podcast app with no further effort. Additionally, you might consider sharing it with a friend. Each and every podcast has a share link in its description, which can be found in the same podcast app you're listening to right now. Let me know if you can't find it, or if you just want to say hello by emailing me at john.kirk at stmarkbemidji.org. Share God's word and share the light of the world. I also want to take this opportunity to invite you to church with us. Each and every week, we have two church services in Bemidji, Minnesota at 2220 Ann Street on Sundays at 8 a.m. and 1030 a.m. Additionally, we have a completely free cup of coffee that comes with a complimentary Bible study at 9.15 a.m. Each and every Bible study is led by a certified and college-educated minister. Or maybe you live in Walker, Minnesota. On the second and fourth Monday of every month, we also have church services there at 1100 Minnesota Avenue West at 7 p.m. Come as you are, and I hope to see you soon. If you have more questions or you want more information about our ministry, check out our website at www.stmarkbemidji.org. Have a blessed rest of your day.